Our sponsor today on Drinking with Authors is Skunk Brothers Spirits. Skunk Brothers Spirits was started by a family of disabled veterans focused on locally sourced quality distilled spirits. Their name was inspired by their pops, who was nicknamed Skunk. Skunk's father was a moonshiner in Oregon back when it wasn't exactly legal. Now the brothers are taking the family business legal with their Washington-based team using their grandfather's Prohibition-era moonshine recipe to bring small batch spirits to the gorge and beyond. From the moonshine corn whiskey to the apple pie brandy, all of their spirits are handmade in Washington. Believing they already have the best ingredients in the local community, they work with local farmers and suppliers to produce the highest quality spirits from scratch. You can find them on Facebook at Skunk Brothers and on Twitter at Skunk Bros Inc. Or visit their site www.skunkbrothersspirits.com and use coupon code DWA10 at checkout to read 10% off your order. You can always also ask your local retailer to start stocking Skunk Brother Spirits. Regardless of how you get your hands on a bottle or two, grab a drink and don't forget to get skunked. This podcast contains potentially adult language, adult themes, definitely drinking, and possibly sexual context. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Drinking With Authors, the literary briefs edition where we're all wearing just underwear. Um, no, don't tell them that. My face won't stop being red now. It's okay. going to be better for wine. I've been talking about us getting an underwear sponsor for this particular version of the podcast for some time. So if you sell underwear and you want me to stand up and show which pair I'm wearing, please feel free to reach Perfect out. Totally well. <laughs> <laughs> so first of all, make sure you like and subscribe. It'll help you when we do get the underwear sponsor to share this with. Just kidding. Um, I do want to thank our listeners. And just a reminder that if you have an author you would like us to interview or have anything you'd like to tell us, um, please reach out to drinkingwithauthors at gmail.com. And with that, I am your host, Erica Lance. My co-host today is Valerie Willis, so we'll be interrupted many, many times during this. Erica, um, you're bouncing. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. So excited. The excitement. Yeah. I was getting I was getting motion sickness. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm moving on. Anyway. Our guest today is Sarah Ray Warner. Woo! Woo! Okay. I'm moving for so, myself. Yes, you should. Look. I think everyone should for themselves. Okay, let's talk about what we're drinking. So, I am on uh, my third glass. Not gonna lie, I, I was like, I'm gonna have one and then these other things, which I'm gonna share. I've been drinking a lot. Okay, Whiskey Road, which is from Skunk Brother Spirits, who is our sponsor today. This is um, the Founders Club Straight Bourbon Whiskey, Batch 1, Barrel 1, Bottle 97. Thank you guys very much. You can find all of their amazing stuff at skunkbrotherspirits.com. Use coupon code DWA10. You will get a 10% off and you will get to try many amazing things. Valerie, with the previous stomach flu, what are you not drinking today? Not drinking alcohol, but I'm drinking New England's southern pecan coffee with southern pecan creamer i know the conning it out because pecan 
because you pecan. <laughs> because I, can pecan. I feel like this is like the meow from Super Troopers, and we just need to say pecan as many times as we can during this podcast. That's fucking amazing, pecan. Okay, Sarah Pecan, what are you drinking, pecan? Pecan. Uh, I am drinking the Jaylor pecan wine. No, it's red, uh, and it is uh, very lovely. Um, I'm half a bottle in, so don't judge me. And it's lovely. I can't judge you because the other thing I forgot to mention, I was also drinking <laughs> one of these. It's fine. It's drinking with authors and I'm in the comfort of my own home. Is Krabby's original alcoholic ginger beer. Which that actually sounds I really good. I was going to mix them together. And then I was like, if I was Skunk Brothers Spirits, I'd punch me in the fucking face for doing that. So instead, we're doing both like this because it's Beautiful. just... It's yes, I'm very proud of myself right now. I can't walk, but I'm proud. It's fine. You should be okay, good. Sarah, you're riveting rapid fire questions. Are you ready? I'm so ready. Are you what say is that your favorite book of all time? Oh my gosh, I should have thought of this ahead of time. Uh, my favorite book of all time is I'm gonna go with one of my favorites from my childhood, which is Owl in Love. It was really the first like shapeshifter book I ever read. And I read it when I was like 12 or something like that. And it just really uh, changed my brain chemistry. And now I love paranormal romance. It's good. It's real good. It's like YA shapeshifter before like YA really became big into the like urban fantasy paranormal stuff. I like it. Um, what is uh, a book that is your least favorite book that you? Oh, I just read a book. Um, I, I and I mean no disrespect to the author. This I, I realized that like not every book is for every reader. This is just a book that was not for me. It was a book called Suicide Forest, and I don't remember the author's name, but it takes place in the suicide forest in Japan, and it was horror. And I was trying to read a full year of horror books. This was my least favorite. Um, it just, there was just a lot of cultural appropriation. Um, and I was just really, is it I just kind of read the whole thing. What? Is the author Japanese? No, the author was a white dude and I cannot recommend it. And it's, it, I like, I read it just cause I was like, how is this going to end? And so I finished it. And then I really regretted finishing it again. No offense to the author. This was just not my cup of tea. No, and it doesn't have to be. Do you write reviews? Um, I used to, and then I realized that I didn't want to be the kind of person like, okay, so I will leave starred reviews. I'll leave like a five-star review if I love a book. Um, but I, I feel kind of weird judging other people's work. And that's just like a personal hangup for me. No, I don't like the book. Will you do not finish most of the time or do you always force yourself to finish? Mm, That has changed, um, over the years as I have grown as a reader And I used to be a, I must finish every book I read completionist. And now I'm like, there are too many good books in the world for me to waste time on books that are just not the right fit for me. So I am very comfortable. Do not finishing. I tell people that all the time. Why are you wasting your time? Like there's so many books I do want to read there to me, every author and every person has a different, like where they get to. If I'm not invested about six pages into that book, <laughs> it's terrible. I won't go beyond that. Like I, I will in Barnes and Noble or any bookstore, or you know, I will start reading the book. And if I'm not like the first couple of pages, uh-huh. something's not grabbing me, I'm done. 
And it's, like, it's, it's not a slow start and hope you get me halfway through because I am not investing any of that time. Mm -mm. There've been plenty of books that have been like the rave and I just, I open it and I'm like, no, I can't. And, and it's not necessarily a reflection of the writing or the story sometimes. It's just, I'm not. And sometimes I'm just not feeling that genre that day. Oh my gosh, yes. Yeah. It's like picking no, out an outfit. It's like, what do I feel like today? Yesterday I felt like goth. Today I feel like, you know, whatever this is. And I think I think that's important that you you know, and it's okay to not like a book. It's okay to not like a book. You know, I one of the it's so funny, this made me think of this. I used to be <laughs> on the Goodreads, like, give me a free copy, I'll review your book. I stopped doing that. Yeah, I had to stop and not and I wrote a review for every single book somebody gave me. The problem was, I got like three books in a row that were not good. Oh, that, that had issues with them. And I was like, this sucks because I have to write a review. It's not going to be a good review. And mm -hmm. it's not because I wasn't into the genre. It was because of the writing or you know, the editing or whatever. And I'm like, this is a great way to get work out. But the problem is it's a crapshoot. And if you're like, you have no choice, you have to write a review. Well, what if it's not good? You know, like I, I a lot of people say they only write reviews if they're going to do four or five stars. Mm. Totally great if you're not going to, but if you're like, you have to write a review, if you get this, you might get some reviews you don't actually like. Okay. What is your favorite book to movie or TV show? Oh, favorite books, movie, or TV show. Um, this is going to be, um, so, okay. I'm so disappointed all the time, constantly disappointed by adaptations. The one adaptation, there's two adaptations that did not disappoint me. And the first one was Fight Club. I thought that it was a very good oh, adaptation. Yeah. Uh, because the book is okay, but the movie just takes it a step further. And then the, the other one is the Lord of the Rings series. I had a lot of trouble reading the Lord of the Rings books. And for whatever reason, they did enough shifting in the adaptation of the TV show that I was able to connect with and understand it. And I really appreciated that. But generally, I always think the book is better than the movie. Yeah, no, I agree with you 100%. But somebody said something to me, Ooh. one of our co-hosts, Chelsea Rice, C.R. Rice, and she said, you should treat every adaptation as if it's fan fiction. <gasps> oh, that's so good, though. Smart. And, and Smart. it's different. So there are some that I absolutely, and anybody who listens to this podcast knows like outrage. that I fucking hate. Um, but I will say, like, Fight Club, that hasn't been brought up before reading the book, the book goes way more into the political and governmental aspects of that story, which ironically, the Hunger Games does too, if you read the books, goes into the political and the governmental aspects of that story. And that's not what the movie would have been. Mm -hmm. So I love, I love the way they did Fight Club, but I also think whoever did that adaptation, whoever did the screenplay for it, whose name I don't know right now, so sorry, I'm not giving you credit, and the actors that they got for that, and act, and I, all of them, like once you understand that story and you go back and rewatch it for Helen Bohemian Carter's fucking, like you've got to love that woman because she literally is like having the person she is having the affair with going like Tyler's not here. Can you imagine having a conversation with the person you're with and they're like, 
no, that person's not here anymore. Like, yeah, no, brilliant. brilliant. But I think a lot of it has to do with um, how it's written. And it's funny because I've talked to people as you are a screen, you know, screenplay, that sort of thing, writer. What I found out, and I want to say this was Jonathan Mayberry who said this. I don't, we dropped his name twice in these podcasts, but <laughs> I think he's the one that told me that a lot of times what will happen is somebody will read the blurb on the back of the fucking book and decide to add, that they need the book. So maybe some low level person actually read the book, but they're not the one adapting it to screen. And the person doesn't actually read the entire book or the book series to adapt it. So you end up with things like, um, you know, Silver Linings Playbook, which is one of the ones you could get me fucking started. And I want to murder the fucking person who wrote the scary play because they had a bunch of great actors and they totally ruined the fucking story. But I think that if you look at it like fan fiction, it does a lot better for it as long as it's not horribly destroying the story because you can't write everything that's in a book into a screenplay or a TV show. You just no. can't. You have to pick what's right for that medium. Yeah. Translate unless you read the entire part of it. Okay. All right. Quick question. Yeah. What is, as a reader, what is your pet peeve? What is something about the prose that will just, you're like, nope, nope, not doing it. Whether it's a certain trope or uh, for Mark Munsey, it was alabaster skin. He's like, no, no, do not describe it this way. So what is something that just like irks you as a reader? Um, it really irks me when, and I, maybe this is like a branding thing, but I've noticed that some authors have like little catchphrases that they use in every one of their books. Um, who is it that I was, I was just reading um, someone who like, they always like bark their shin on the, the bed or they barked their shin on something like barked as a a point of pain and it's like and I noticed that in every single one of their books because I was reading a whole series and I was like stop please um it worked once but like now that it's hammered in uh the like and and uh Robert Jordan I, I remember reading the Wheel of Time series when I was in college and like all the female characters crossed their arms specifically under their breasts and he made a point of saying that like multiple times and it's like where else are they gonna cross no. their arms my guy so um, when, when things get like, when you can tell that the author is like, has like a fixation on something and it's, it gets a little uncomfortable or, or yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? I think part of that comes to, I'm just going to say this editing and the editor mm. allowing it. We talk about this because through manuscripts, I think all of us have things that we do like mm -hmm. that, that are, um, almost unconscious the way we do it a lot of yep. people have gritting their teeth or winking or you know uh pursing I their do. lips or shrugging or nodding shrugging and nodding there's a it, lot it of changes every story i write i i managed to clear out the last one thanks to the editor but i've only developed a new new like what is a bad habit that you have as a writer that Ooh. that you always have to like go back and look for every time because you know you're going to do it without fail monologuing unrealistic monologuing because I imagine every character with this like rich inner monologue and then I put that monologue out and it's like okay Sarah 
something's going to happen between minute three and minute 27. Like there, nobody's going to let them monologue this long. And so I have to be really careful um, because like when I write, I'm essentially, for me, writing is very, I mean, it's personal for every writer, but it's also kind of autobiographical. And I'm discovering things about myself and the world as I'm writing. And it's really hard to stop sometimes. <laughs> and so that is something I definitely look out for is, um, is monologuing. So basically you're a villain. Is what I basically I'm a villain <laughs> without a cape. So I'm a safe villain. I like get sucked into a jet engine. What is something that you feel that you do really well in your writing? Um, something that I think I do really well is um, make characters that you love. Um, I, I get, I, I like this, this is important to me is making characters that you really actually grow to love. Um, I think it makes for an addictive story. I think it makes for um, uh, readers who are just in love with your work as a whole. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that's something I think I'm good at. And, and I've gotten fan art and fan fiction and all sorts of really beautiful things that show that people love my characters as much as I do. And that's just so meaningful. Very cool. So if you could be any supernatural creature, what would you be and why? Ooh, like from the show Supernatural specifically, or just no, any no, supernatural? Okay. Any supernatural creature. I would love to be. Catalog. Oh, okay. Get into the card catalog. <laughs> I would love to be a water nymph. Um, because well, I could just specific. Why I could, is that? I could just swim all day and just enjoy my life and like not have anyone annoy me <laughs> with anything. So why yeah. water nymph? Well. I feel like mermaids get very, they get very specific types of stories. So like mermaid stories are all, well, the ones that I've read, I shouldn't generalize. I've read a lot of stories where the mermaid has to have some kind of transformation outside of themselves. And I didn't love that. And I feel like as a water nymph, you're allowed, because I haven't read any water nymph literature, because I don't know if it exists, but I feel like um, well, you can write that down. I, I can make water nymph literature. Somebody, somebody write that for me and send it to me. I'll buy your book. <laughs> Odin um, is one of the oldest water nymph stories. Oh. You should, it's a very old piece. Okay. I need to check this out, but I feel like you're allowed to just like be a water nymph. Like you're just allowed to exist and you don't need to like worry about, am I a human or am I a marine animal? Like you're just allowed to be yourself and explore your story within that. So I like that. If you could be any lead character, but you have to live their life, who would that be? Oh my gosh. I was just reading. Oh my gosh. This is going to drive me insane. So I'm, I have ADHD. So I love books when I'm reading them. And then the second I put them down, I immediately forget them forever. Um, okay. I'm going to say this because it's just the first thing that came to mind. Have you read the Agatha Raisin books? No. Okay. They're cozy mysteries. They're British by MC Beaton. And they are about a 60 something marketing professional who is retired and moved to the Cotswolds in, in England. And I love that. So I, I saw a lot of parallels between myself and Agatha Raisin having been in marketing forever and um, really loving an older female protagonist, which you don't see a whole lot of. And um, I don't know, she just has a very uh, interesting, interesting life and she gets to solve murders, which is like really cool. That was awesome. Well, who would your sidekick be? Oh man, probably Robin. Who? 
<laughs> Sorry, I just immediately thought of Robin from Batman. Um, I, and I like the idea of Agatha racing teaming up. That, so that's fine. <laughs> um, I don't know, probably. <laughs> yeah, probably one of like the, 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 the fun hunks that you read about. Um, I really liked Clay from Bitten. And I think that that would be a hilarious uh, winter summer romance. There you go. So like we'll just that. mix all the genres together in a big gross things. soup. I'm a big fan of mixing all the genres. Yeah, together. like what, what I always told people, like my favorite fan fiction mashup is Buffy the Vampire Slayer with Dean from Supernatural. I'm oh like, heck, yes! I hadn't even thought of that. <laughs> there's a whole, there's a whole go. There's just and, and because we were at the American Libraries Association conference a couple of weeks ago, and they have uh, Spike's story, which brought so much joy to yes. me that I got a copy of the prequel Spike story from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I love, okay, okay, okay. I was just reading A Court of Thorns and Roses for the first time. I know it's like super hyped, all that stuff. And it felt to me like Angel and Spike. I and now I'm going to read it because people keep bringing it up to me. Yeah. That will be the only reason I read that story. Yeah. It, it's I, very, I, it's an ode. It's very me. Angel and Spike. It's very, like, I cannot imagine the characters as anyone else. It's Angel and Spike, and like, that's it. Oh, speaking of my pet peeves from earlier, Insta Love. It bothers me. I want people to earn it. <laughs> I want that relationship to be earned. You know what's interesting is I love the idea of love at first sight. Hear me out. This is going to okay. go on. Okay. I love the idea of love at first sight because I personally believe in whatever spiritual realm or religious realm you believe that we, it's entire, I personally believe in reincarnation. So let me just go there, that we can meet people that we have known before. Mm. Like I firmly believe it. I'm not saying what capacity we've known them before. But there, you can be in a room with almost no people, or you can, you know, you know, or a room, sorry, with a hundred people and have no connection, or you can find somebody that you feel like you've literally known forever. Yes. Yes. I have had that experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm not saying it's every person you meet, but I've Mm -hmm. genuinely met people that I have, I feel like somehow like the string between this was me. Oh Oh my (laughs) God. Let's Can this not be about you for a moment as I go on my tangent? <laughs> it's true, but could it not be about you for one fucking moment? Anyway, so when people write a true love story that has that moment, but then goes through who they are now mm. and the difficulties of dealing with what you thought your perception was at this moment, but then what it, you kind of get into those stories I actually love. Mm. When you have the Romeo and Juliet kind of stories, I just go, this, this is not a real thing. Fucking six people died over three days. Like that's Romeo and Juliet. So let's it's not, not a romance, it's a tragedy. It's not. But I think if somebody can write an instant connection story mm. where you know there's emotion, deep emotion there, you know, and you go, okay, yes, I've known this person before. Somehow mm-hmm. I've known this mm-hmm. person before because they fit a p- puzzle piece back into your life. This is what I appreciate that. Okay. I appreciate, no, I appreciate that because that speaks to, you can do any trope and you can do it well and you can make it work. What I don't like is when it's not done well. 
No, and it's true. And there are some stories like, you know, where I forget books is when it's the repeated trope. Like for me, I, there are books that I love. Like right now I'm in the middle of finishing, by the way, my fangirl moment involves this human being. Dan. Oh, I don't know this author. Do I need to add this immediately? He wrote a book called I am not a serial killer. And it's a young adult horror novel about a guy who literally knows he's a sociopath and the rules he sets for himself. <gasps> but there's monsters and stuff like that. Fucking brilliant. And I met him at Dragon Con many, many moons ago, bought this book, fell in love with the author there. Not okay. him as a person. He's got a wonderful wife and I love him and everything. The yeah, Indians are Lord of the Rings campaign. <laughs> <laughs> that we do online. But, this is amazing. You know, reading this, this, this story is fucking amazing. The Hollow it's City. A horror novel. But um, there are books that I read totally impact me. My, there are other books that I read just for like, I want to relax. I want to have like sort of the, the dessert kind of books where I don't remember every single book because they have similar tropes and yes. similar characterizations and stuff not that I don't enjoy them but like I kind of remember some little things from them but I couldn't tell you all about the characters and stuff like that in them Mm -hmm. you know like I for instance I read Gina Showalter is one of my favorite authors for this I love Gina Showalter I have some books that friends have bought me from her she sent me a book that says never stop writing and stuff I love this woman I cannot wait to meet her in person but she writes this um uh hometown romance called the strawberry field it's not called strawberry fields it's called something else but it's set in this town strawberry fields and they're sisters and friends and there are three four billionaire boys that run a gaming company and they're the main dudes and that's what i remember from this thing there are Mm -hmm. little things i remember but i don't remember the whole thing because they're very similarly written very well i love you gina um but yeah you're filled with reads yeah it's just yeah. a hallmark like we yeah. know what how hallmark's going to end we know every plot line and bounce because it's formula writing at its best mm. but there's that promise that we know this is going to have a happy ending and that's the same with any romance if you're labeling your book romance you have to have a feel-good moment you have to have a happily ever after a happy for now Makes and happy safe. for now usually comes in when you start mixing genres so when you have mm. your fantasy romance your sci-fi romance your paranormal romance we could do happy for nows because there's impending doom and supernatural things at work um and and it, you know that's that's the love and lust of those things but it's uh what's your feel good read Ooh, me personally yeah do you, okay. I mean, I was about to ask, do you remember these books, but, um, the author has since passed away, but Elizabeth Peters, um, AKA Barbara Michaels, AKA something else. She has a bunch of pen names. Um, she wrote these, um, I guess I could call them cozy mysteries. They take place in the early 1900s in Egypt. And it's about a, an archeo- a female archeologist who is like, it's like hindsight feminism. So it's like somebody from now writing about like, oh, if I was a woman in this time, I would have worn pantaloons instead of a dress everywhere. But it's it's a really comforting read. They're safe, they're cozy. Um, they're probably problematic. If I went back and read them now, they would probably be problematic in some way. But um, I just really, I, 
I bought them all. And somebody who like grew up really poor and like very limited cash to spend, like I invested a lot of money in buying these books from a bookstore. Um, and I just like to keep them around on my shelf and look at them and just feel happy and safe. So from somebody with a similar background, mine are the Xanth series by Pierce Anthony. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those yes. were the ones, the first book I ever bought of his was called The Veil of the Bowl. It was not the first book in the series. Okay, I was gonna say, I don't know that one. Okay. Yeah, no, it was book four, five, I, Pierce Anthony, that was an escapism for me yes. when I was younger. Any of those, for me, it was high fantasy books because, um, and like the, when the Forgotten Realms books by Ed Greenwood and stuff first came out, like- yes. I, I love all of those books. Like, um, and uh, Azure Bonds is one of my favorite ones. I've, I've been a D&D nerd since before it was cool to be a fucking D&D nerd. Now it's <laughs> an OG. Now, well, gamers and nerds are cool, but I always tell people, I'm like, listen, I'm part of the OG when it wasn't cool. And there was, you know. It was we, hard. Yeah, we put out a, a, a an anthology called Teen Angst. Our second one's coming out. And I put in the first one, like I was into D&D when people thought it was like satanic and like, yeah, yeah, I was like, whatever. But for me, it was always those books. And I remember buying them because I did a lot of library. I was, I did not have a lot of money growing up, but when I bought those books, they were like treasured mm -hmm. fucking books that I had because, mm -hmm. you know, you managed to scrape up whatever babysitting, whatever money to buy those books. Mm -hmm. and they were treasures oh the other one was that before before they redid everything the some of the original star wars um i guess cannot they were canonical books the courtship of princess leia um the truce at bakura like some of the uh jedi academy like some of those earlier uh star wars books. they had twins instead of just kylo ren <sighs> I'm trying I to remember Jaden and someone else, Jason. Ray and make her the twin. I was so fucking hoping they would take Ray and mm. make her the twin. I know they weren't going original canon. Like there was that part of my logical brain that's like, they're not going original canon. But okay, I was like, but please, dear God, fucking make this the twin, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. That, yes. That would have yeah. made me very fucking. So I, one of my my little things, I was at the premiere of um, Star Wars at the Chinese Man Theater in LA. I was like three or four years old. I had a little ladybug dress. Oh my and gosh! I love this. What people don't realize about that is all of the fucking cast was there in Hollywood at the Chinese Man Theater because nobody understood what the fuck this movie was. There was a yeah. lot of people there, but not really because everybody was like what the fuck what? is this yeah. yeah like nobody got it it was not an instantaneous yeah anyway if you ever want mm. to watch a great documentary the people versus george lucas in in case you have the anger that i have about say, episodes one two and three have you watched <laughs> the people versus george lucas no but i've seen the the red letter media kind of takedown i don't know if you've seen that at all of the prequels yeah. Watch the people versus okay. Lucas. It's good. Okay. It, it's cathartic. It will get rid of some of the rage. Will it heal me? Okay. Yeah, it will heal some of the wounds. Okay. Yeah, I need that healing. Yeah, I do. I feel like we're twinsies. Uh -huh. Yes. 
Please heal me. Um, yes. yes. Val, do you have a question that you want to ask as you're sitting there finally quiet? I don't know what the fuck's wrong with you. I'm, I'm, I ran out of coffee that you <laughs> you're out of fuel i'm out of fuel i'm out of fuel do you need I'm some more pecan down. coffee it's getting late big guy the sun's going down i feel like this is why we can't have nice things <laughs> <laughs> okay i got i got it i got it i get it okay. you have like a writing ritual like <gasps> i'm a weirdo i have to either have coffee and some sort of snackums or if it's in the evening, because I either write like early on or late, late, late at night. At late at night, it's a Slim Jim chocolate milk and Doritos. I don't know why. And then I've got to have what Valerie there. does is healthy and or recommended. For <laughs> no, There's nothing healthy about my lifestyle. The Slim Jim method. I like that. Yeah, no, she'll literally be sitting there. I'm like, what are you eating? She's like, I have chocolate milk and Slim Jims. I'm like, how are you putting this in your mouth at the same time? No, ew, no. I have chocolate yeah. and Slim Jims. Oh. Not, not. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, I do, I do have a ritual. Um. And, and I feel like we were talking about this, like in the first episode that we recorded. Um, but I only recently, despite having, you know, been on my own as a full-time writer since 2017, I feel like I only just now started taking my writing seriously. So I get up early and I feed the cats. I make coffee. I sit down in my chair with my coffee and I start handwriting. And there was a while when I was also doing morning pages in there, like the Julia Cameron exercise, but I kind of stopped doing that. I sit down and I write and that's, that's it. And I write until lunchtime every day, Monday through Sunday. I like this. Mm, ritual. No I think people need more rituals in their yes. life. Yes. Everything is a fucking habit. It takes six weeks to form a habit. Make Trust yep. me, Jake and Valerie, six weeks to form this fucking chocolate milk and slim mm -hmm. habit. None of this is healthy whatsoever. I'll be like, what are you eating? She's like, stuffed Oreo pudding thing and Doritos. I'm like, are you a fucking teenager? What is wrong with you? If it makes the words come though, like if it, hey. if it makes the words flow. I mean, I write, I write 250 to 300,000 plus words each year on top of that's so much. <laughs> everything that we're doing. Like the year that we did roughly a hundred books, our first year, I also, with my day job, helped restructure an entire uh, department that I took over and took them from 700 books per year to 2000 with a team of five typesetters. So like, I am an efficient monster. That's and a that, lot. And it's fueled by Doritos. <laughs> and that's the Slim Jims. Okay. Get okay, a snap I, in. And some chili cheese dogs on I really need to say that under no circumstances should anybody listening to this show run out and buy fucking chocolate milk and Slim Jims. <laughs> no, no, no. Unless you want to. Oh, the idea. No, it's, no. It's a terrible plan. And she doesn't smoke or eat edibles. So which would excuse a lot of this fucking behavior. <laughs> I know that's what I was going to say. I think this poor like Wawa attendant thinks I get the munchies at, at one in the morning, but what it is is me refueling for writing stuff. For writing. But, but but this is Rashima's promotion. They're like, oh, get the munchies. I said, no, I'm a writer. And I slide my card over. <laughs> I'm like, these yes. books. <laughs> telling you, yes. self-promotion is key. Okay, 
Sarah, we're, I'm going to ask you a final question and okay. then we can do shameless self-promotion. Okay. What is your favorite weird food combination? <gasps> oh my gosh. My favorite weird food combination. Oh, this is going to be really gross. It well, okay. Okay. I have to contextualize this. I am a person who lives in the United States. It is probably not gross to anyone else. Okay. I, I want to say that matter. somebody said boiled fish eggs. I mean, fish eyes. So no matter what you Oh, said, it's not. No, yeah. this is actually going to seem really tame and boring now because you've said boiled fish Sorry. eyes. I, no, that's fine. <laughs> um, I like French fries and mayonnaise. I love fucking French fries and mayonnaise. Okay. Okay. Good. I always feel a little weird Twinsies. about it. I don't okay. know what's happening, but twinsies. There's some, you know, what's happening here. It's magic is what's it happening. You're sisters magic. and you don't know it. <laughs> I'm telling you, I, I, I had a European friend tell me about mayonnaise on French fries and I was like done. And mm -hmm. so every time I'm in a restaurant, I order a burger. I'm like, can I get a side of mayonnaise? And my favorite is when the waiters go like that. Yes, yes, yes. It's yeah. There's, and that's and why I'm I feel like, like it's weird. Dude, I'm going to give you a tip. Stop fucking judging me. Yes. And the, the judgment that drives me crazy is when my husband puts mayonnaise on his hot dogs and I'm like, I don't know why that just see i grew up doing that i don't know where did he grow up but it is a sandwich it's bologna i hate mayo on bologna sandwich but for some reason bologna on a hot dog i'm like ah oh. like i don't know my brain mm -hmm. breaks mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, grew up, if he grew up in cleveland i get it no he didn't okay. he grew up in, no, he grew up in florida we're not going to get started on okay okay food things we don't have the time for that okay seamless self-promotion time Wonderful. Um, hi, friends. You can find me over at sarahwerner.com. That's S-A-R-A-H-W-E-R-N-E-R.com. And there you can find links to my two podcasts. The first one is a nonfiction show for writers called Right Now, and that's W-R-I-T-E because puns. And the and you can find that also out at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, etc. Uh, my second show is a fictional audio drama and i think you'll like it it's called girl in space it's about a girl in space and you can also find that on apple podcasts spotify or your favorite podcatcher i am working on season two so yes there is more no the story has not stopped please stop emailing me um you can also stop emailing you i appreciate you try go ahead <laughs> uh you can also find me on social media at sarah ray werner that's s-a-r-a-h-r-h-e-a-w-e-r-n-e-r -E -E and that is on twitter instagram and facebook and i would love to connect with you you have been so fabulous Alice. well you have been fabulous i have loved this, this is... i feel like these. i love this please keep in touch let's be friends forever and um Absolutely. let's do this again we should because sarah is also working on a cozy horror book which we're going to get that series out of her even though she's not announcing it yet but it's going to come soon so that's going to happen do you see how i just did that Val? i like that yeah, that's good yeah, look at there it's public public record now <laughs> That's real good. I approve. That's real good. Yes, yes. Okay. So this has been Drinking with Authors. I've been your host, Erica Lance. My co-host has been the always interrupting, no matter how hard I try. Interrupting Cal. Yes. yes. And um, our sponsor today has been, oh my God, I almost just said it. Come on. Come on. Get it out, Erica. I know I that that bourbon state, man. That bourbon's got gotcha. The gum changes into a very different word that is not appropriate, except for sometimes what it is. Okay. 
as been Sarah Brayford. And we will see you guys next time if we can survive this next. Okay, bye. Bye, thank you.